0: Hello. Welcome to the after party.
1: I was just about to ask you, like, if I had, like, a big booger on my face (laughs) and we just started, would you tell me? (laughs) Like, how would you tell me? If I had looked
0: over, I absolutely (laughs) would (laughs) have.
1: Bobby! All right.
0: We're going to have to bring our mics down.
1: Okay, okay. Thanks for being patient, all five of you.
0: (laughs) There we go. That should be a little better. Okay, great. I think we're a little hot before.
1: Yeah, let us know if there's anything... Uh, fishy in our sound.
0: Every time we think we we got all the tech details right, then they're wrong. But welcome tonight. Welcome to the after party. Uh, It's just the two of us tonight. Aw. It was amazing last week. We'll talk about that momentarily. But yes, it is is just the two of us here. I'm going to have to move some stuff. Look at these. Your camera is way too dark right now. Probably shrouded in mystery right now. What
1: are you, what are right you
0: doing to me? <laughs> I'm not what too bad. And then this one's me? so bright. You're what right, is right.
1: happening? This is really mysterious. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I like it. <laughs> it's a new filter. Uh, okay. Andy says the sound is good now. Thank you, Andy. It's great. Uh, Yeah, so we're rolling with our 8 p.m. longer days, summertime, uh, later after party. So hopefully that works well for you. Tell all your friends, you know, tell all the bunch. (laughs) 8 p.m. Yeah, that looks better, Jer. Yeah, we're
0: getting
1: there. Good. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to the after party. It's episode 13. Would we typically say like unlucky 13? I, I feel like... We're off to a great start. Yeah, we're off to a great start. <laughs> there we
0: go. Camera okay. should be a little more
1: balanced.
0: We set up a little late today. So that was an amazingly fast week. It was. <laughs> it was a very fast week. A lot happened yeah, this week. A People lot are did, commenting huh? in there. Yeah. It has been a, it's been, this week was a year. Oh, this man. month has been a decade. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> this day, today wasn't too bad, actually. but
1: Right. Today we felt a little bit more normal. Yeah. At, at least our team. Probably had a little more of a feeling of normalcy. Yes, yeah, true. We met for our team meeting. We did have a lunch together previously, mm-hmm. but we met for our team meeting in the building today. We staff meeting today. Socially distanced. Yeah, trying downstairs. to keep our
0: distance from everyone. So it's a, yeah. it's still a little weird, but at least you know we're getting to see each other yeah. and talk a little bit, which yeah. is it's nice. I mean, we're all kind of missing that right now. Totally. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a good energy. It was. I, and I had mentioned when I came in this morning, I was like, "Oh, I knew when I woke up today." It was going to be a better day. <laughs> I just kind of felt my energy sort of drained in the last little while. Yeah. So it was the, nice.
0: I think the, last, really nice. the end of last week and the weekend was it was a lot. Like, it was just oh, a lot wow. to take in. It started hitting me when it sort of compounded. Yeah. Um, and then you sort of get to the weekend and you're like, okay, let's regroup. Let's work harder. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get back at things. Yeah, so.
1: find some small joys as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's Speaking going on, of which. What's going on with you? <laughs> what's going on with you, Jair?
0: Not <laughs> much going on.
1: Uh, What's happening at home? Let's have some at
0: home right now. Some M update. Yeah, we took M to the pediatrician yesterday.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so that's all good. Okay. Um, she's still on target. She's like her growth, her weight gain has slowed down, but not like they're happy with that. Like she's okay. on target. She's sort of in the percentile that they cool. want, that kind yeah. of stuff. So, but she does have a weird like click in her hip when the doctor hip, moves her around and stuff. So I know. So, what
1: if she's one of my hip buddies? She's one of your hip girls. So they
0: <laughs> I wanna, was born they're, with they're gonna hip get checked out. He so. doesn't he doesn't think it's really anything too important, but uh we do have to take her in to get that checked
1: my good so. hip clicks still oh, yeah. all the time really it's my my knees
0: hip. I like that's when I really feel old if I've been sitting for too long yeah. and I get up my knees are like oh <laughs> it's so weird there's a lot neck. of like I don't uh, think of myself soreness as... in
1: our home yeah, <laughs> so we're always growing. I
0: don't think of myself as a person who's falling apart but I am
1: <laughs> yeah how old are you now very
0: much 42
1: yeah we're 42, yeah, 42. <laughs> I was gonna say
0: 43 but not quite yet getting there
1: <laughs> oh that's um yeah. mostly yeah that sounds like yeah so she's great. doing great she's good. um good eatin
0: yeah, Eaton's good. Yeah,
1: uh, I don't Rachel, know. I don't did Rachel any... wrap up her classes? And...
0: Yeah, she did in the spring. Okay, so she's off now. Great. Um, just she's taking the fall semester off, um, okay. and hasn't really decided what the timeline is. But she's she's still working on her master. Yeah. Finish that semester. Right. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any great stories. Um, huh. uh, my son, I told you today, really wanted. Flaming Hot Doritos. Oh, right, right. He was, he's been asking for Flaming Hot Doritos for a long time. Where did he get that from? Because like, he just saw them in the store. And he oh, like, he did. And he's like, they look Flaming Hot. Like, it's awesome. He, just, <laughs> so he talks about everything being Flaming Hot now. <laughs> but I never buy them because if you've had Flaming Hot Doritos, they're really okay. spicy. Like, okay. really spicy. Okay. So, I finally broke down. I bought them. And he ate, like, three of them. And he's like, Dad, these are not enjoyable. <laughs> so. <laughs> so now we have this bag of flaming Hot Doritos. I like them, so I'm eating them, but- You
1: put them in your rice at lunch.
0: I did, I crumpled them up, put them in my fried rice. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. It was like-
1: uh, Put that in your next sermon.
0: Yeah, it was like instead of my <laughs> Sriracha, I just put up crumpled up okay. flaming Hot Doritos there. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: Them. Other than okay. that, not, not a whole lot of updates, but but yeah. things are good at the Duncan household. Good, good. What day. about uh, the Sockled base Bateman <laughs> household? It's true.
1: We have two names. <laughs> uh, yeah, things are good. We, well, we, uh, it's a kind of a funny moment right now because most people wouldn't know this, but we are the people who bought a house in a pandemic. Oh, oh what a what reveal! Sorry. Reveal! I was like, I was like, when is she going to tell this story? And I story? could see that like, Because every
0: morning at Stubbing, we have to hear about the updates on Boy's house, which are awesome, by the way. We're super excited about it. I <laughs> no, it's true. I was like, when is it's she going to let people on the after party it's know? true. she bought a house? Well, there were
1: some things, you know, it's a bit of a yeah, process. So I didn't want to talk about it too early so it's exciting i mean also there's nothing quite like a pandemic to make you realize that like maybe your 532 square feet mm-hmm. isn't gonna be sufficient for like the, for the foreseeable future of not going anywhere <laughs> going out less so we bought a house not too far still from the downtown mm-hmm. where we'll be in altador and we live in bankview now
0: so so there's yeah. our next parish <laughs> <All the> door. <laughs> all the you day. heard it here
1: first that's oh, where we're going geez. next no <laughs> you can start all kinds of
0: rumors <laughs> no. oh, don't geez. don't pass that around but it yeah. would be good though
1: right um yeah uh, but also
0: the big it's... news is bobby is clearly not leaving comments now for <laughs> a decade
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true you,
0: this is basically, you joked
1: last time yeah. like you'll never quit and I, right. I was like i'm out of here we're locked, no, you're locked in gosh. for
0: a decade now <laughs>
1: You know, what's interesting. I'm going to be
0: cheering for housing prices to plummet in Calgary. <laughs> I don't sure. care if it costs me. If it keeps our staff together, it's worth it. <laughs> my personal fortune. I don't care.
1: I don't care. My for personal <laughs> fortune. Well, it's funny that you say that because my niece, you know, I've been telling her about our house and it's mm-hmm. across from that ice cream shop that's been around, I guess, for decades. My, It's almost across from that ice cream shop. It's, I think it's called my favorite ice cream oh. shop.
0: It will be your favorite ice cream (laughs) shop. Uh
1: So I've been telling my like four years. Niece, that you know, like when you come visit, we'll we'll walk across the street. We'll go for ice cream, and she's been talking to my sister about it. And she's like, "Oh, Auntie Bobby's gonna live in that house until she's as old as a grandma." (laughs) I was like, "How does she know? How does she know?" This is my
0: forever house. (laughs) Totally, the one we grow old in. Uh, There we go.
1: But I actually think there's a little bit of a metaphor here because I was thinking about it on my way over that there's this moment that jonathan and i are in we don't like take possession until july 21st Mm -hmm. so and we're renting out our condo which wasn't our plan a but now we have a renter you know so that's
0: set. land barons now (laughs) (laughs) just buying up the city it's awesome
1: you have no idea we won't be able to furnish our home but it's exciting all the same so anyways uh so those things are locking in so we're like in this moment of like we can see our future but we can't live in it yet and i was actually thinking about this that is a metaphor for this moment in terms of like we're sort of waking up about like social justice Mm. issues and uh uh, like just larger justice matters right and you're kind of like you can start to imagine a world where there's less brutality Mm. against your neighbors or people in other neighborhoods in your city and like what does equality look like what does it look like Like for reparations you know you start to like begin to imagine a world you can almost see it but we're sort of like suspended in this thing that like we're not there yet what is it so in the last couple of days I was drawing like my kitchen and like deciding where to put my utensils like I want to like move in and just settle in quickly like I don't want to have these boxes and be like oh I had two months to think about Mm. where to put things I can do that work now even before we've moved into this house. So I was just like biking over today and I thought, well, this feels like such a suspended moment, but maybe that's something like what it feels like right now.
0: I mean, it's a whole sermon. <laughs> <laughs> why, am like a just, whole.
1: why am I just giving it away to like 12 people? <laughs>
0: the the right whole now? sermon right there. I like it. It's <laughs> yeah. good stuff.
1: I know, but so. I mean, it'll be interesting to kind of like, to see what else I get up to as I'm like preparing like we can't really pack yet Mm. because we live in like 500 square feet like if I pack a box I have nowhere to put the box except under my feet (laughs) but there are these other things that I can do to prepare for my future it's cool so anyways Uh, people are talking
0: about that ice cream shop apparently I don't know if it's still true but people are saying you used to be able to play a song on a piano to get free ice cream Although I'm, I, I, yeah, apparently they had a piano and you could play a song and you would get a free frame. Although if you live across the street and you keep coming back every day to play piano, maybe ding, they're like, ding, all right, you're out, you're out, you're that's enough. Speaking of houses, yeah, this right. is a story. We painted my son's room this week. Yes. So that was kind right. of fun. Aww. So we're still waiting for, he wanted hexagons. He learned yeah. about hexagons in school. So I love he wanted that, hexagons actually. on the wall.
1: I want, a, I want a whole Instagram story about this. I want oh, yeah, TikTok videos go. about this. I want-
0: He wants to make videos about everything. Yeah, we should make a video about this <laughs> we need merch people need to buy oh our my merch. gosh
1: Eton and jeremy paint hexagon merch True. that is that that's so gonna we're make gonna make it hexagons
0: really. he's like his our, our house is very small as well and yeah. so we have the sloped roofs in the yeah. second floor where the bedrooms are so he has like three walls and then his fourth wall is sort of sloped in the ceiling right. so we're gonna put hexagons on that wall which is over his bed right so he's pretty pumped about that's that. that's exciting yeah. that sounds fun it's gonna be a good time
1: i can't wait to see it on instagram Uh, So good. All right. So uh, we were going to kind of move from our like check in, hanging out banter into like, what do we want to say about the moment that we're living in Mm -hmm. in the world? Sort of the larger things happening. I mean, first of all, we feel really grateful about last week, having the conversation with Mita, Larissa, and Dave and Gabriel, Mm -hmm. uh, being able to sit at the i mean we literally sat at the feet of the screen that they were on (laughs) in our zoom call but i also think that was very much in my own Mm. posture as we started the conversation was to just like sit at the feet of that conversation which
0: it was if anybody hasn't watched it it is on our youtube channel it's the after party special edition blackout um really great conversation really a challenging conversation Mm -hmm. a few points eye-opening um, as, as white people all listening to the stories, yeah. but really challenging as well totally. um, in terms of, you know, how we think about policing and all kinds of different things mm-hmm. and racism in Canada and Calgary. So absolutely, if you haven't watched it yet, definitely mm-hmm. encourage you to check it out. Mm-hmm. It's well worth an hour and a half of your yeah. time uh, to listen to it. But again, I want to echo the same things as Bobby. It was a real gift to have those people, not only, and I think this is, this is what I was really struck by, that evening after the after party and then the week was it's not just a gift to have those people in that conversation with us in that moment oh, no, yeah. but these voices in our community regularly yeah. um but these also are so like
1: popping into my instagram yeah. dms and stuff which yeah. is like but these are people that we, we get
0: to learn from and we get to listen yeah. to and hear all their stories and you know i think what's really important is we heard one small slice of it totally. um you know like Mita saying you know nobody wants to be that person who talks about race all the time but what if it is your life um but then as you have time to to get to know all four of these people like just brilliant people with fascinating stories Mm -hmm. from all different perspectives of of who they are and where they come from so um yeah just it it was it was really profound for me to sit after and just realize okay these people are around us all the time um we might not be doing youtube chats all the time but we get to listen to them all the time we get to hear from them and those are four Of a thousand people at Commons that all bring something unique in their story Mm -hmm. to our conversations, which is, I think, one of the really beautiful parts about this community and the type of community we're trying to foster. So I was, I was really struck by that this week.
1: What was something from that conversation that you really sort of stayed with you that you kept thinking back on?
0: Um, I mean, there was a lot, but I think the conversation around policing um, was quite profound, and maybe we'll get into that a bit later today. But I think as a white moderate, I came in with what I saw was, you know, a, a somewhat progressive way of thinking about that. And then to listen to different voices in that conversation, share back and forth, I, th- I found it really challenging. I'm not sure I've changed all my thinking or changed all of my postures, yeah. but it definitely made me take seriously um, and think very consciously about ideas around policing that I that I probably hadn't ever been forced to. And I I thought that was, quite interesting the stories opened my eyes but also i came out thinking new things and wrestling with new ideas and i I think that was a real gift there Mm -hmm. so and i loved you know the other piece was i loved the back and forth between um all the different people which was so respectful and so kind so empathetic but also quite convicted about what each person thought about how that should happen Mm -hmm. and to see that kind of um conviction carried with empathy and carried with kindness Mm -hmm. in quite a raw conversation i thought modeled even you know, the content of it was great, but even the modeling of how do we disagree? How do we speak to each other? Yeah. Um, how do we advocate for our postures and our positions um, with people who see the world and positions differently? I thought was just so beautiful. I, I yeah. really loved that piece. Yeah. Yourself?
1: Uh, I loved the beginning and the end a lot. The like, mm-hmm. what does your blackness mean to you? That and cool. that the way that those expressions lit their, not only their faces, but their bodies. (laughs) They were just like animated about that. But I was also really struck and challenged. Um, You know, I I think it was Dave that really highlighted this. Like it means that I have to have, I have to be on a panel like this Mm -hmm. and that, you know, we have relationships with all four uh, and friendships and a lot of trust there. And I think they were happy to sure. lend their voices and their presence mm-hmm. to after party, but it was a, just such a reminder that like, Oh, like yeah. asking, you know, our BIPOC community to do the heavy lifting yeah. is. Wrong. I get invited on <laughs> panels
0: all the time, yeah. but it's for me as Jeremy Duncan, right, I'm not exactly. representing men. I'm not representing yeah. white people. Right, you know? right, I, right, I speak from my experience and yeah. people want that. And it's true. Like there are people, indigenous people, yeah. you know, um, gay and lesbian people, right. transgender persons who right. you know, are, are forced into this place right. of speaking for this huge yeah. body of people that are not monolithic and all have different views. And exactly. that's not appropriate. It's not fair that, yeah. that people get put into those positions. Yeah. And so to ask that from someone, which isn't yeah. fair, yeah. but then to have this grace extended back exactly. to our community, I think was a, was a real gift, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I heard that but as was well. Like, and
1: <laughs> do the work <laughs> do, do it you know even True. just some of the little things I tried to carry from that conversation and the week was just mm-hmm. like showing up I felt comfortable going to you know a, a protest and a vigil here in the city and uh, one of the days I took my bike down and another day I went with family and friends um, and we stood on the edge a little bit try not to sort of take up a, you know space and mm-hmm. different people were had different levels of comfort around like covid sure. and Mine. so we were really trying to be careful with that uh, some of the people in my party had never been to a protest before mm-hmm. like in their life and that was pretty amazing or a vigil something like that like out in the streets mm-hmm. you know putting your body in a place uh, where your wh- where your heart is where you want to see some real change and um make a difference in that way so uh i mean I also, you know, watched some Eva DuVarnay. I hadn't <laughs> finished watching um, When They See Us. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, okay, I'm going to like sit I this. I'm not watching this for like the feel great. Like yeah. this is really hard watching. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Uh, but that, that like, that was a lot, you yeah. know, <laughs> just trying to like walk that out, mm-hmm. you know, sort of preferencing uh, voices of wisdom in my podcast feed that were really speaking to this moment mm-hmm. and like continuing to open my heart and my mind and some of
0: these themes there was on the questions last week somebody was asking about um you know how do we talk to kids about these types of yes. things um really good answers and good talk there but if if you didn't catch it the cnn sesame street special Ooh. was quite good now it was for younger kids yeah. But we watched it with Eaton and it was it was quite well done. Oh. Um and and enough that we've had a number of conversations out of that. Like it, it wasn't mm-hmm. just sort of fun and it was Sesame Street and we moved on. Now he's six also, so he's like you know, so essentially it runs an age. Yeah. It starts lower than him and it probably goes a little higher than him as well. But okay. it was it was quite well done. So any parents that are thinking about
1: and teachers are and yeah, teachers or anything that. that
0: are looking for resources. It mm-hmm. it was quite well done. And and I as a parent I really appreciated that, that it was able to open up some conversations around right. around our family. So that's really good.
1: Yeah. That's great. I mean, there's so much resources out right now. It's it, it's almost like a matter of like, how do you decide? It's true. What and to spend IVP time, Press, yeah,
0: uh, I can find the link and post it in here. But they've made a number of um, books around um, race justice and by writers of color free for the ebook versions uh, through their website right now. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, I think I retweeted the link, although I tweet a lot of stuff, so it's like you'd have to go way back. Whatever. <laughs> but if you check out IVP Press, okay. Um, you know, I mean. You know every every publisher has different bents and stuff like that but there's just there's some good stuff in there yeah um, there was about 15 books that were available for free I had read about three of them okay um, and of the three I would have I would recommend all of them so uh, check out that link that's if it's great. still available um, could be too late but still <laughs> you can always buy the books too so that's
1: true <laughs> uh, that's true that's an act of justice mm. uh, how you spend your money well I, I wondered if we could zoom out a little bit and talk about how we as a community step into these spaces Mm. of uh like social moments and and justice pieces i mean i i know a while ago i heard you say just something like you know in one of the office conversations about sort of your own decision around forming a voice here at commons that wasn't afraid and Mm. like moved pretty quickly i think that's something that resonates with a lot of people but i also wonder if sometimes it scares people or they're unsure of like uh, positions or like sort of coming out with certain statements and how quickly we do Mm -hmm. that i wondered if we could have a bit of a chat about how we do that Mm -hmm. how we navigate that um
0: yeah I, i think um here's here's my bias um is i think churches are too predisposed towards safety and i think um there's a time to to listen there's a time to make sure you have all the facts um and sometimes you know things are happening right now in social media and stuff and the details are not always correct Mm -hmm. um and so i think it's important that we sort of be conscious of that that sometimes we don't have the full picture but that doesn't mean we can't speak speak to um larger concepts that we feel are core to the gospel message Mm. you know do i you know i mean there's a lot of debate right now about george floyd does he deserve to be a martyr is he a hero this kind of things like you're hearing Mm -hmm. these stories it doesn't matter Mm. the issue is this was a human being who didn't deserve to have this happen to them Mm -hmm. so waiting to see hey do i know all the answers before i can speak to this i think sometimes by then you've missed the moment to really name the thing that needs to be named in that does moment does it
1: also say something about your privilege if you're uh, yeah like for sure if you it does never definitely really i have think to, and yeah. it doesn't but it really also it,
0: it can shape what you speak to. Um, hmm. like the injustice exactly. of that moment was not whether this was a good person or a bad person. If this is a good person, that's great. We should celebrate that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. You shouldn't be treated that way. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be disposable in that kind of way. Right. So speaking to these things quickly and forcefully and clearly has been important to me right. because again, I think not always, but sometimes the church has been very clear to um, try to make sure that they don't say anything wrong right. and not saying anything wrong is good. I don't want to say anything wrong. Yeah. I would rather say something wrong in doing my best to speak towards justice and what's good and to move the kingdom and commonwealth of God forward, rather than sit on the side waiting until I had all my language perfect and I had all the facts right, and then I could speak. And so that's sort of a default posture that we, I think, built into Commons very early, was we're gonna be wise, we're not gonna be rash, we're not gonna be careless with our language, but we're also not gonna be afraid to jump into heated conversations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you shape the community around that way, then you get a lot of support for that. Now mm-hmm. we get pushed back on all kinds of things and we can talk about that if you want to. Um, but usually those are voices that come from outside the commons community. Mm-hmm. that don't understand who we are, that don't understand the voice that we're curating, that don't understand the way that we're articulating gospel and thing. Mm-hmm. Most people that come and stick with commons are here saying, hey, we don't expect you to get everything perfect all the time we do expect you to do your best and to speak you know from the the place of privilege that Mm -hmm. you have and to and to work for justice and do those things Mm -hmm. um and so then when you shape that kind of community then you can lean into that and then when you get things wrong you just say hey you know what we we got this wrong or we misspoke or we spoke too early or we said the wrong thing and and we have before right you know um there's been moments where i've said carelessly racist things in a sermon before um you know i mean yeah, I mean, that's not comfortable, but, you know, I mean, it was, I think it was the first year around Commons, um, like, it's still online, it's still, we left the sermon up, but I made a joke, and it wasn't in my notes, so this is why I should never go off my notes, oh. I made some joke about having a powwow with God, or something like that, and it wasn't, um, the reference was not in the context of anything to do with first nations or indigenous persons. So it wasn't malicious, but that was the problem is I was, I was taking language yeah. from first nations, appropriating it to make a, a joke about me and God. Um, and somebody came out and said like, you can't say that. Like that's, that's not appropriate. You, that's not your language to use at least not flippantly like right. that. And so then to come back the next week and make an apology and post it on the so I went and said, Hey, listen, we, I used language that I shouldn't have used here in a way that I shouldn't have used. It's not that I can't use that language, huh. but I wasn't speaking about the very sacred thing that that represents to right, Indigenous right, right. persons. I did not know so, this story. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, you know, right. sometimes it's that you make a mistake, sometimes it's you speak out, and then you have to come back and you have to say, Okay, yeah. w- we can do better. Right. And the way we do better is to own. Um, our willingness to speak up when we need to and our willingness to go back when we say the wrong thing and and do those things. So I think both of those sort of shape um, who we want to be at Commons and how we want to move forward. Like I hope we're as good at apologizing as we are at saying, speaking our mind.
1: (laughs) I'm also thinking about how it's not like we're just showing up in these moments and trying to exercise like a social justice yeah. muscle that we haven't been exercising all the time mm-hmm. like it uh i mean i was uh, i was a little bit nervous yeah. about uh like moderating the conversation sure. last week thinking what if i step in it like yeah. what if i say something hurtful to my friends mm-hmm. who are you know giving us their time and their energy and their hearts here um but i you know as i again as i was like biking over i thought mm-hmm. uh you know, Bobby, you've been reading and thinking about all kinds of matters of justice, but particularly matters of like racial justice for a long time, um, to like trust that, trust mm-hmm. that work. It's not new, it's not, I've been reading and thinking and having com- these conversations in my life and in my friendships. But I think that's true about our voice when it comes to stepping in and, and like you say, using our privilege mm-hmm. to speak to. Um,
0: so there's two things. things that I think are important there. Mm-hmm. Um, first,
1: I'm not just trying to like pat us on the back. Exactly. I'm, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm really looking for like sustainable, yeah. um, ways that like what we do here is also an invitation to mm-hmm. what we do in our individual lives. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think in the conversation Tuesday, I mean, I went in feeling like if I said the wrong thing, people were going to be kind to me and mm-hmm. call me out and yeah. that would be it. And right, that's how right, we would right. move forward together. Yeah. And so i I went in with a lot of comfort around that, but at the same time, I feel both, I feel two ways about this. Yeah. I feel like one, um, for churches that are now recognizing the reality of what's happening in the world with systemic injustice and racism. Um, just because you haven't said anything up till now does not mean you shouldn't say something now. Right. Like don't don't say we're too late to the party, so we'll just stay on the back. Say something. Yeah. But own that. Right. You know, like like step up and say, Hey, you know what? We haven't been here but we are aware of it Mm -hmm. now. We're gonna learn, we're gonna make changes. Don't step in as if you've always been there, as if you've always been listening, as if you have those people in your community who are informing you. Admit, hey, we're becoming aware of these things that we haven't been in the past. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna think. And I think what I I would hate to see is, as much as nobody wants to be that church, and I don't think people want to be that church where it's like, we're gonna step in and we're gonna pretend that we have all this figured out. We don't have this figured out and we have a lot to learn. Nobody wants to be that person. But I would hate to see churches and people and businesses and whatever stand on the sidelines because they're like, well, we haven't said anything up till now, and if we do it now, it's going to feel like we're That's bandwagon really interesting, jumping. Yeah. Do it, jump on the bandwagon. Do it. Do this it. is this is the bandwagon. <laughs> <to jump on.
1: laughs> go 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 go. But Hurry. Yeah. when
0: you jump on the bandwagon, do that with a posture of humility, mm-hmm. which says, okay. We are late, and we are jumping on the bandwagon. Right. So we're going to jump on, and we're going to sit in the back, and we're going to listen, and we're going to hear those stories, right. and we're going to do the reading. Right. You know, like that's that's the phrase on Twitter right now. But it's it's such a profound <laughs> way of
1: that is, um, it's talking about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do the reading, right? So <laughs> don't, don't. It's like it's, you know, you don't talk in class before you've done the reading. Right. Okay. Right?
1: Okay. Okay. And yeah. so
0: there's there's a right. lot of people right now that want to be seen as anti-racist, but then yeah. they're doing this speaking without doing the reading. Right. Um, so if you haven't done it it's okay jump on yeah. the bandwagon just yeah. just say okay I'm, I'm new to this and right. i'm doing my best and, and here we go because yeah. i man i would hate to see majority like predominantly white churches right. not get on board because they're too late to the party but then there's all these people in churches that are are just thinking in the background well i guess it's okay if we're just kind of silent about well, these that's things so
1: interesting yeah right. so
0: that's my advice. Right. Jump on the bandwagon late. Just know you're getting right. on late and name that. And,
1: and do the reading. <laughs> yeah. And do the reading. <laughs> That's really interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, thanks. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to sort of change gears a little yeah. bit and then change gears again. But uh, today was uh, a conversation around like COVID and lifting a phase or moving yeah. us along to the next phase. Uh, I mean, we're getting ready to put some things together, mm-hmm. but w- it's nice to also check in, in terms of like community updates in yeah. this space and what we want, what we might want to say around that. So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, hopefully everybody, everybody heard today. We are officially into phase two on June 12th. So that's Friday. Now phase two, in uh, you know, our discussions with our board and our staff here, we don't feel like phase two is a viable phase to reopen for church services. If you look at the restrictions for church gatherings, it's still 50 people max. It's no singing. It's no beverages. So no coffee. I mean, <laughs> what, what are we supposed to do, right? um, So, you know, and we have the resources okay. to continue putting out a live stream and stuff. But what is encouraging is, okay, we're moving to phase two quicker than we expected right. i'm hoping we're going to ma- move to phase three quicker than expected mm-hmm. and again that's assuming that the cases don't spike or anything like this so we're looking at building a number of criteria in terms right. of when would we start to gather again now in phase two what we are going to be doing is um looking at bringing some volunteers back into the building again yeah. um in limited numbers and following all the guidelines and everything uh, but right now most people understand that all of our worship was filmed months ago so we what? yeah <laughs> we filmed months of worship, and we've been using it on a weekly basis. Um, you know, starting with phase two, we're going to start having... I want one person
1: to say, oh, I had yeah, no yeah, yeah. idea!
0: <laughs> but starting with phase two, we're going to have some volunteers back in the room and getting that ready. Uh, we're also going to resume, uh, and I'm not putting anyone on the spot here, so just depending on who you're talking to, but we're going to start resuming um, some pastoral meetings in person. Uh, or at least we're making that available to staff. Stuff are not forced to do any meetings that way, but... Uh, we're making that available that hasn't been. Okay. So there's, there's going to be a, a slow steps forward. Right. And then when we're allowed to have 100 plus people in the room, when we're allowed to have um, singing with restrictions. So that might mean singing from the stage, but not from the audience. Like right. who knows um, when we're allowed to right. do some type of hospitality, whether that's coffee or whatever, some type of thing. Uh, when we're allowed to do socializing right now, if you do a church service, you have to come watch the service and immediately leave. That
1: feels heartbreaking. Exactly.
0: When you're allowed to come and do <laughs> socially distance, but yeah, exactly. say, that's when we're going to look at reopening right. services again. So we're going to have some documentation and some graphics, hopefully up this week. Yeah. Um, so nothing yet. If you're looking like, if you're asking, are we going to open on Sunday? No, <laughs> but the, the province is moving in a good, healthy direction. Yeah. So that is encouraging. And that's exciting because we want to be back as yeah. much as possible. Like we really want to be there as soon as possible when it's safe and appropriate and we yeah. can create a good spiritual environment to have a service in. Right. And that's what we want to ensure is that um, when we come back, it's a good experience for everyone. It's a safe experience for everyone It's yeah. there. And as soon as we can do that, like our staff yeah, is here, here and we're, we're ready here. to go. Mm-hmm. We're, just, we're just not there yet. Right. But it is encouraging. Today was a good day. Yeah. Restrictions are starting to lift and, and that's encouraging. Yeah,
1: so, it is. Yeah. It is. Nice. So we started a new series on new series. Sunday and it's called Inspired. And I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, you seem kind of excited about this series. Like, I mean, the I time am. Of totally. It. The, is something kind of timely to you.
0: Yeah. I think that's the big thing for me yeah. is that um, we. Yeah. It feels timely. And also we changed it a little bit. Like I, I had a three week plan and then I got to expand it a little bit um, because some of the the realities of our schedule being shifted around and stuff. Right. And so in expanding it, I sort of rethought the whole series and I got kind of pumped about like having this conversation <laughs> around things. But I mean, right now, I mean, this, the, okay. This is the interesting thing. He's changing so, he's so we do, his posture, guys. Yeah, I know, we just, He's <laughs> changing his posture. Get ready. <laughs> But here's the thing. So I am fascinated by this every year because we plan the journal a year in advance. Right. We have no concept. We think about themes we have to talk about. Here we are, we're talking about anger. Well, there's you know Ahmad Arbery and then right. there's George Floyd right. and there's Breonna Taylor and there's yeah. all of this happening in the world and this bubbling yeah. rage, anger in the streets. And, and we're talking Western about how windows, to do this yeah. well. And I mean, you know, this was this was your series you brought to the table. And yeah. um, like a profoundly important conversation anytime yeah but right now yeah then we have the series inspired and then there's this guy <laughs> scaring people away from a church so he can take a picture holding a bible and yeah. using it as a prop right you know to to gain credibility in this religious world you know politically yeah you know so, so the bible becomes now this just just this political prop right uh, which Made me furious to think about something that that's so important to the Christian faith would get used in that way. Anybody should read a Bible. I'm happy to see this person using a Bible and reading a Bible, but to have it being held up as just a prop was frustrating to me. And then we have the series Inspired, which is about the whole point of the series was about the Bible doesn't mean anything unless it points us to Jesus. We don't worship the Bible. The Bible is not the center of our faith. Jesus is the center of our faith. And no matter w- how much we read the Bible or study the Bible or waive the Bible, unless we are starting to look more like Jesus, unless we're building communities that look like the ethic and the ethos of Jesus, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And this is a series that we had planned, you know, for now. Mm-hmm. And then I got two extra weeks where I could expand that series and talk about <laughs> it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was right. excited about having that conversation. Right. So...
1: So we started with the first. Why message. won't I say his
0: name? His name is Trump, but I, it's just, Voldemort, you know, what, I, I,
1: Voldemort, I, <laughs> it's, just,
0: it's just not worth it. It just frustrates me. I like that so. you did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I'm afraid to everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's just Sometimes there's just too much.
1: It is. It's, he it just takes up so much space. Yeah. You just want to like reduce it a little, yeah. just like, just reduce it. You don't get to take up that much space. Exactly. Not in the after party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can have Twitter. We got you too. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think that's yeah. a really important conversation. And, and again, it would have been an important conversation anytime. Yes. Because this is so central to comments yeah. is that we don't worship the Bible. We love the Bible. We're fascinated by the Bible. Yeah. But we're not here for the Bible. We're here for how the Bible points us to Jesus.
1: I mean, you got some good word count in your sermon uh, from the beginning journal piece, I know, right? I,
0: I, <laughs> I wanted so you know how hard it is for me to cut my word count down, but I, I wanted know. it all in there. I know it's nice I, to hear it in a different
1: form. You know, I but I took up so much it.
0: space that I could have used to put new words in there. So. I know, and
1: then you came back to it in the did, end. Yeah. So you did twice. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought about that. I was like, oh, he gave words away for that, <laughs> in a good way. Uh, well, I mean, so the first message, I don't know if you want to outline the series mm-hmm. again right now and then sort of remind us where we started on Sunday or why you started where you started.
0: Yeah. That was so, interesting. Well, I'm going to, the next four weeks, I'm going to talk about all different genres right, of genre types of scriptures. So next week we're going to talk about creation myths. Yeah, we have I'm these creation about myths. That. Yeah, how do we interpret those in the light of Jesus? What, how do we make sense of them today? That's a
1: big moment in seminary <laughs> <laughs> when all of these seminary kids are yeah. like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Like, so yeah. if you're interested, yeah. we're going to
0: talk about the Atrahasis, the Enuma Elish, and the Enuma Gilgamesh. Enuma is
1: the one we're I going to compare
0: those about. to Genesis. Uh, but then we're going to talk about uh, history. Yeah. And violence in history. So, the yeah. genocide of the Canaanites. Yeah. And we're talking about sacrificial violence Good. and how we interpret violence through the light of Jesus. I think these are big, important conversations. They
1: really are. And they're ones that, that. Oh we've soaked in Mm -hmm. certain ways of perceiving these themes and genres for so long that uh, like, I really hope people like take mad notes and return to them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because I think there's a lot of undoing and unraveling to sort of catch yourself up to where you want to be and where your language wants to be to honor what you like deeply have a gut feeling for, which is probably how a lot of people are in our community. Like I have a sense that this way of speaking about these things and holding these stories isn't quite right. I'm not ready to give up this big part of my life. Uh, But yet sometimes I think like it takes a while for our language to catch up to what we kind of know, like in our gut, mm -hmm. something inside of us is saying like, something isn't right about this way of speaking about the violence in the scriptures. I don't like, uh, I don't want to believe either. (laughs) I, you know, get rid of the whole thing or I do the work to like unravel and then like, like grab, grab for the language that is out there and mm-hmm. is perfectly like welcome within like the Orthodox tradition. Oh, absolutely, Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that can be really helpful
0: to like, mm-hmm. even, I mean, listen, we're talking about Noah, like this is a, a tough story to make sense of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It you really know, is. but
0: there are ways to make sense of that story yeah. in the light of Jesus w- when we understand it sort of in its context. Right. So that one, and then we're gonna do Psalms and we're gonna do poetry and, you know, understanding that poetry in general, but the Psalms, what they do is they pull, contradictory ideas together that's what poetry does it It pulls things that don't make sense together (laughs) how can the psalms say happy is the one who dashes their enemies babies on the rocks Mm. and psalms can also say you know god is so great and compassionate that your sins are as far as the east is from the west Mm -hmm. which actually by the way is such a beautiful metaphor Mm. like you think about as far as the east is from the west right um like it's, it's literally there's a way of no, saying infinite. Like, yeah, it's, there's no meeting. Yeah, there, there, there is no way to, yeah. to move the East any farther from the way. Right, like I, right, love, right. I just love that. Um, poetry. So, yeah. So how does poetry hold contradictory ideas together? Right. How do we understand that in the light of Jesus? And then we're going to talk about eschatology. Um, what do we do with the book of revelation, which is one of my hobby horses and yeah, you love most, it. Yeah. It was where my academic work <laughs> is. Um, but what do we do with again, the violent imagery, but I think the, which for is me, really
1: helpful in this moment again. And
0: the most important part for me is I think sometimes people think that revelation is presenting a different type of Jesus than the gospels are. Okay. Like I hear this language echoed that Jesus came as a servant, but one day he will come as a King. Yeah. You know, and you're like, no, the but some servant violence was and the King. That was the point it, of it. Right? right. Is that Jesus subverted it, yeah. a variety of Kings. Yeah. Revelation doesn't take that subversion and toss it out and give us back the angry, violent king we thought we were getting. Huh. Like, revelation actually reinforces the Jesus we see in the scriptures when you understand the imagery properly. So mm. eschatology and revelation and what that's saying. Like, that, there's a lot of heavy stuff in there, but I think it's going to be a fun Kicking one. Kicking
1: off summer. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> it
1: gives you a whole summer to that's really right. like. And we'll take it easy it. after
0: that. No, we won't. <laughs> it's going to be good. We
1: never so. take it easy. <laughs>
0: um, but this week, we started with the word versus the word. And this was probably the easiest one of all the sermons in terms of like the homework. Okay. But it, it's the one that set the stage to say, mm-hmm. um, we, the word of God, the expression of God, the creativity of God, the wisdom of God, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, Logos and Sophia yeah. and Chokmah and all this stuff um, is Jesus. The Bible is a whole bunch of words about the spoken word of God, which is the Christ in the world. Sounds
1: like Sesame Street skit or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, the word is the word is the word is the word.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is true. Uh, you know, and I, I'm oversimplifying, but that was that's a paraphrase of Karl Barth, which is the word, the, you know, the Bible is the word about the word of God. Right. Right. And you didn't actually say it that way. It's a paraphrase, but I mean, that's that's his core <laughs> people idea. People do
1: that with Barth a lot. Yeah,
0: it's true. <laughs> Barth, Barth is so hard to understand.
1: <laughs> that's why we just read him. That we him. just paraphrase
0: <laughs> uh, But... Um, I, I can't remember the exact quote off the top of my head, but, um, but that's what he's saying essentially is this idea yeah. that the, the Bible is, is the word about God's word to us, which is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So once we get that, um, you know, we'll talk about presuppositions and prologue yeah, here, yeah. but once we're saying Jesus is the word, well, now we have to reinterpret everything differently mm-hmm. and things are going to mean different things, right? You know, if you ever watch the movie Memento, you know, scenes earlier mean something different right. once you know what's happening at the end. Right, right, right. But like, that's how Jesus works. The, the stories in the Old Testament are not about Jesus. Yeah,
1: I but think after that's Jesus actually important up, to super highlight, important. Yeah. right? I, I, yeah, can you say more about that? Well, Cause like, there there are these kind of like, I mean, we use the Jesus Storybook Bible, yeah. and we love it, and we give it to kids. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it is sort of doing something that we're saying, like, ooh, like the stories weren't written. You know, the Hebrew scriptures aren't written about Jesus, but we read Jesus back into them. Okay,
0: so what's tough about this yeah. in a storybook Bible is you're talking to kids, right? Yeah,
1: and I love we love it. Yeah, and it's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. really well
0: done. Yeah. So you, you mentioned this in Daniel. Yeah. Who is this person right. in the fire? Right. Is that Jesus? Well, I mean, in I'm- the story, no
1: yeah right right
0: jesus isn't thought of there no. is no incarnate it's not what it's, those words mean it's there. not what it means there yeah. now as christians when we look back do we recognize that any expression of god in human history is an expression of the divine logos mm-hmm. which is incarnated in the christ right absolutely right but that's a christian reading right now reinterpreting an old story Right. And adding something new to it. Yeah. Now, the way I said that in the sermon was, we are not better at reading Jewish stories than yeah, Jewish people exactly. are. Yeah, exactly. So when you, when we look it at Daniel. Starts, it,
1: it, like, even though I know that, yeah. there, something in my body gets uncomfortable, yeah. like about like appropriation yeah. or like sort totally. of abusing this sacred text that we <laughs> yeah. borrow and came with us from this like new this new way of being Jewish.
0: So what's hard is with children, yeah. it's hard to explain all this. Yes. But with adults, I think it's very important to understand right. what you're saying, which is... I
1: mean, we do this with Bible stories anyways. We sure. sort of get a version of them and then we sort of have to unpack right. them and like nuance them and like yeah. make sense of them later again and again and again.
0: So, so I'm not
1: trying to throw that little Bible under no, the no.
0: no. <laughs> it's totally appropriate yeah. as a Christian to say, oh, I recognize that as the divine... Creativity and logos and word in the world in that story. Yeah, it's not appropriate to say That is Jesus. Yeah. and the Jewish people just didn't see it I know like that's Ugh. that's Ugh. not an appropriate way to do it To right. Say now because of what I believe about Jesus. I look back and I read stories differently. I right. interpret them differently right. Totally fair game. Yeah, right I see echoes of Jesus all through the Bible But that's yeah. because I see echoes of Jesus all through human history right. right because I believe that Jesus is the culmination of that story mm-hmm. That's not because I get it, and Jewish people don't. Yeah. Jewish people—it's their stories. And they've had them time. for longer, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's important. Right. But it it's is important, important for us to name those yeah. things again and again and again. And again I think. Exactly. So we don't kind of get lazy about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah.
1: Great. Um. L- well, let's talk about presuppositions. Yeah. Because you you talked about your language was like my. Prolegomena. Prolegomena. I'm so (laughs) nervous about that word. It's not one in my (laughs) everyday vernacular. (laughs) I was like, I'm gonna.
0: uh, (laughs) I'm gonna start using uh, prolegomena. I am not. I'm actually not
1: going to start using it. But I think it was interesting to think about, like how you said, "Mine are God is love, and the closest we get to understanding God in the world is Jesus." That Mm -hmm. was your language, and I was so curious about this, like your claim on those two, Hmm. like why those two for you are are those two what everybody should have hmm. you know what does could mine have some different nuance like I was sort of playing with that yeah. this afternoon as I got thinking like well if those are yours like of course I agree with them but would I say it a little bit differently mm-hmm. and today I decided I would yeah. <laughs> but I mean let's talk about that a little bit what does it look like to like how did you uncover those for yourself name mm. them for yourself and and I'm, I'm sure they've sort of like been with you Hmm. you've sort of tested them with time and life and you know I think
0: I think those two in particular so they're mine say
1: enough about that have we set that in the context well enough
0: yeah okay yeah I think so okay okay um you know I let me say here actually ask a question like why can't we have more depth in children's stories um and I just want to say this really quickly we can But I don't think that can come across in the telling of the story all the time. It has to be there in the conversation that comes along with it. And this is why, just like everything else in life, there's stories, and then there has to be the conversations about the stories. Right. You know, like you don't give your kid the Chronicles of Narnia and just say, have fun with it. Like you, you talk about it. And that's what we have to do with Bible stories. We have to yeah. talk about them with our kids. Now, is there ways we could write better kids curriculum? Yeah. And oh, we're yeah. working on those things and yeah. we're trying it and we're right. excited about, you know, Ryan and some of the things right. that we're going to try with kids. But I think right. it ultimately comes down to are we having conversations that go along with these things right. just like Sesame Street has the conversation yeah, on racism. Right. If that's the end of it, and it's like Elmo likes Grover, even though he has red fur and Grover has purple fur, um, like there needs to be now a conversation with me and my son talking about, okay, yeah. what does that mean? What does it mean right. that dad's white? What does it mean that you're a Vietnamese? Right. What does it mean that M is indigenous? Right. You know, so I think this is important. Yeah. You know, that we can't, we, can we do better with children's stories? Yes. Yeah. We can never offload our parenting and our teaching to children's stories, no matter how well they're written. So we're always going to have some responsibility. Back to this one. Yeah, I mean, I had a
1: couple. Yeah, let's carry on.
0: (laughs) Um, Here's what I would say. These are the ones that have shaped Commons. They're mine, but they're also the ones that shaped the language that we started to build at Commons. Yeah they've been added to and we're constantly adding to them. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, when you say, hey, I would word mine differently or I bring new ones. I think that's the beauty of what communities start as and what communities come over time to be. But the basic concept around commons was going to be, uh, there's a lot, but, you know, we were going to be intellectually honest. We were going to take the scripture seriously. We were going to be spiritually passionate. We were going to find the best of those Pentecostal roots that I had without some of the excess of it. But the other one was, was Jesus at the center. And, yeah. and both of those come down to the same thing for me, that ultimately God is love. Yeah. So God can act in all kinds of different ways. As I said in the sermon, God can be wrathful, you know, for God to be loving. God is wrathful at, at sin and brokenness and everything that hurts us. Mm-hmm. Um, but God is still loving toward us because right. that's who God is. God can be just, Right. God can be unjust because that's the whole point of the cross, right? The whole point of grace is that God is not always just. <laughs> you're like, getting, it drives me nuts. When you're getting are louder
1: like, and louder. <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> I just I hate this one. Where I'm like, right here. You have a microphone in front of you. <laughs> the people can hear you. <laughs> I get frustrated
0: with this one. Then people are like, well, God, okay. there's, God can never break certain rules. I'm like, first of all, okay. if God is God, God can do whatever God wants. <laughs> but second of all, the whole point of the Christian story is that God broke the rules, right? You know? That we got I mean, something we rules? didn't deserve. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So of course God is just until God's not because mm-hmm. it's more loving to be unjust mm-hmm. and to give a second chance and a third chance right. and a fourth right. chance. Right. You know? Um, so there's that element. Um, God can be happy. God can be sad. can be all these, but they're an expression of the fact that God is love. And, you know, for me, these are core Christian ideas. First of all, because we have that in First John 4, God is love. Yeah. Second of all, because a core Christian idea is Trinity. And Trinity tells me before there's anything, yeah. before God could even be angry or sad or happy, God was a dance of relationship, right. giving and receiving and love. Like yeah. before God was anything, God and was there love.
1: Are, there are communities that talk about Trinity a lot. And yeah. we actually don't. Uh, no, use the not as much as, as some. Much. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, yeah. I've definitely been a part of places. Sure. Like regent.
0: <laughs> like, give it a rest, Trinity. regent. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't give it a rest. But, yeah, about it's pretty.
1: great. It's great. It's great. But it sort of stood out to me on Sunday. I was like, oh, Jeremy's mentioning Trinity, like, language <laughs> of Trinity. Not that I don't believe that you would, but it's interesting mm-hmm. that it's not, we don't sort of like pepper
0: our messages yeah, with it. it's true. It's true. But it is, I think, it's, it's a core very central yeah. idea because th- that's what informs this idea that this is what God is at yeah. God's core. Everything, all of creation is an outflow of this divine love and relationship right. that sits at the core of God. Um, so God is love. And then as a Christian, so you don't have to be a Christian to affirm those things. Mm-hmm. Um, people from other traditions do. Um, I don't know, you know, I, don- I don't know that many different religions would argue with me on that one that God is love what's unique for me as a Christian is that I'm affirming that the only divi- the only exact representation of the divine in the human story is Jesus mm-hmm. there are lots of prophets there are still lots of prophets mm-hmm. um, there are lots of people who speak divine truth there are the scriptures that are unique among all writings that speak to us mm-hmm. but nothing is is God in the human story unvarnished not like seeing through a glass darkly, but face to face as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when I have this question, cause it's a valid question, well, mm-hmm. what does love mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My answer is, okay, now I have to look at Jesus. Uh-huh. And that's, what's gonna answer for me. Cause I think, you know, as human beings, you and I can agree, you know, God is love. And at some point we're gonna say, well, I think this is loving. And I'm gonna say, well, I don't think that right. is, right? Yeah, right. That's true, yeah. So the question has to, then what's my measure for right. me? For, and I would argue for Christians, it's Jesus. Yeah. And what I would also argue is that for the first- <laughs> I feel like
1: you're throwing this one in. What, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to say, but, <laughs> but
0: for the early Christian movement, you know, certainly up until canonization,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I would say up until Christendom, Jesus was the only measure that anybody ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you had the writings of Paul. You right. had the writings that were circulating, but right. nobody yeah, would yeah. have ever held those up on the level of right. person in the story of the right. lived like, experience did did of I Jesus.
1: Did write a letter? Did somebody yeah. have that?
0: So, so I would argue that the foundations of the Christian story are grounded in this idea that Jesus is the only exact representation of the divine. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I know Jesus? I only know Jesus because of the Bible.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So
0: like, you know, and I said that in the sermon, like, that doesn't mean we all get to say, Oh, Jesus told me this. Jesus told me that. No, like if it doesn't line up with scriptures, it's a non-starter or we're all just going to have a thousand different religions. Right. But the Bible Mm -hmm is all like other verses, other chapters. It's not flat. It's all pointing to Jesus. And then once it gets to Jesus, it points me back to the rest to reread the rest in new ways, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus is the way I read the Bible. Right?
1: Jesus is the way
0: I get to pray to God, right? Jesus is the way I live my life. Like these aren't, these aren't little catchphrases that like, if I say that, then I go to heaven. Right. It means something. Right. Jesus is the way I read my Bible. Jesus is the way I live my life. Jesus right. is the way I <laughs> will get to God. Like, you know, okay. Jeremy
1: Duncan, <laughs> this stuff really grips you. It does. Like, can you about these trace things. something in your own story where this sort of fell into place? Like some of your ways of, uh, holding the Christ.
0: You want to talk about that too? Yeah, you want to talk I about Jesus do. and the Christ. Okay. Jesus and the
1: Christ, but no, I actually want that. that that personal yeah. bit, like, because, like, I'm sitting here listening to your voice and your animation, just <laughs> build and build and build, and I'm like, what part of your story informs? Yeah.
0: So that? for me, it yeah. was the move from. So I did an undergrad in theology, and then mm-hmm. I was a pastor, mm-hmm. and then I got out of ministry, and then I got back into it. Long story, <laughs> but it was really about um, trying to build on what ended up being a very shallow, very, um, uni, um, I don't know what I want to say here, but like very narrow, one-sided view of Christianity. Right. And when I started doing my master's, when I started doing more academic work and I started realizing, um, these things that we talk about as if they are self evident in the Bible yeah. are not. Right. Right they're self-evident in what I believe about the universe and the way that I've encountered mm-hmm. Jesus and the way I want to live my life.
1: Was there ever sort of like a crisis? Like lots of people have uh, like a crisis yeah. of faith? Did so you have something Here's what like I that? would
0: say, it's not, um, it was a crisis of career, it wasn't a crisis of faith. Okay. So the first time I left ministry, I had been a pastor in Toronto for three years and I realized that I was thinking differently, I was reading differently and that this wasn't like a fad, like this was gonna be where my yeah. faith journey took me. And I realized that that wasn't going to be helpful in the context of the church that I was working in okay. at the time in Toronto. <laughs> um, people were very gracious. They weren't bad people. They were good mm. people, and they never mistreated me or anything. <laughs> but I knew that the conversations that I needed to have were not the kinds of ones that I could get up and preach about right. or that I could have in that context. Yeah, you have to
1: censor yourself. And, yeah. you
0: know, and to be perfectly honest, you know, I, neither of us get paid enough to do this job if it's in a kind of a censored way that doesn't feel like it's tapping into the kind of excitement that you know, and, right. you're and you talking about right now. Like it just, I don't make, make enough money to do that job and then have my own personal faith journey on the side, Interesting. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So I quit. Um, <laughs> and I started ministry for a couple of years, and mm-hmm. I pursued this stuff. But what I found was the more I did academic work, the more I researched, the more I broadened my reading – I wasn't taken away from Jesus at all. I kept being drawn back to the story of Jesus, but I kept having to reinterpret Bible stories that I'd heard before, Mm -hmm. or maybe very simplified answers that I'd heard before. I came back to a lot of the same faith positions. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, um, Recur calls that second naivete, right? You have to to believe something and then you have to deconstruct it. Mm -hmm. You have to take it all apart to the point of almost losing it and then you see the beauty of it again right. and all of a sudden it's like you you see it for the first time second naivete and you love it again and that's what mm-hmm. happened for me so then you know and all of that started at the church that i was working at before commons um and it was happening there and they gave me this beautiful platform to continue exploring that and working it through but around the time of commons about a year or two before that was when i started to figure out like actually i know what i think now yeah And I know what I think about how we need to embrace the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And I know how I think about how we need to reshape our concepts of violence within um, not just living out culturally, but in our religion and our spirituality Mm -hmm. and the ways we think about violence. Like I know how these things work now for me. And I was like, okay, now I I just got to go and put this into practice and see if it works and see if anybody's interested in that.
1: Right To stay and to do that would have maybe been a violence yeah, it's an interesting it question been, you know I, I mean sort of like pearls pearls not you know yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah like, totally they, these people don't want that message yeah.
0: pearls before swine you know That's too much. obviously carries well it's it's perfect though in the <laughs> way jesus is talking about it okay yeah. it feels heavy because i right, know you never want to talk about yeah but it's perfect in that sense of like you you have it's something, precious it's to you. valuable it it's was precious so precious to you, to you. Mm-hmm. and but here's what I like about the passage for Jesus. <laughs> so you throw your pearls before swine and they will turn and tear you to pieces. Because if you give them something they're not ready for, yeah. you give them what they don't want. Like what is it, what does a pig want with a pearl? Yeah. Pig only wants to eat it. The pig yeah. is gonna hurt its teeth. Yeah. The pig is gonna be in pain. Yeah. The pig is gonna turn on you. Right. And it's not the pig's fault, it's your fault. It's your fault. Because you didn't have right. the discernment to know. Yeah. So I mean, I don't like I'm not calling people swine, no, I don't like I it know. for that sense. But I said but it under the, my breath. But in the moment <laughs> You know, when you understand the context of what Jesus is talking about, right. it's perfect. Like you you putting your story in a place yeah. where it's not warranted, it's not re- it's, it's not welcomed, it's not ready for. You're the one who's at fault when people are mad at you for that. I
1: think it's an interesting thing to drop into family life.
0: Oh man. No kidding. <laughs>
1: right? Especially in this moment when we're like, oh yeah. my dad a this really racist thing it's like how do you walk through these mm-hmm. different ways of being in the world in relationships not to say that you shouldn't call your dad out you know that's a thing but yeah. um it can feel like that
0: we're almost nine o'clock already oh
1: goodness
0: do you want what, what do you want to hit one more thing and we'll save the rest because we have five more weeks to talk about this i get all excited and fired up about i know i know
1: I, I do you want to hear what mine were I yes yes I,
0: i'm very excited yeah. about that so there. that's well today
1: i just I'm you right know around. and i i want yeah <laughs> it's a nice try you won't be able to keep it like that <laughs> um well I, and I was thinking about this being an exercise that's helpful for everyone. Like you stood, well you sat here and gave your message. Right <laughs> and you said these are mine. Mm-hmm. You, you use that pronoun. Yeah. They're mine. And I love them. They're they're <laughs> great. But I was like, what what language excites me uh, in a yeah. similar way? So I thought Mine would be love liberates because I Mm -hmm. really love like liberation theology and feminist theology and that stuff. So I thought about like, you know, creator liberates, you Mm -hmm. know, love liberates. Um, Jesus invites us to liberate, you know, with, with spirit. So I was trying Mm -hmm. to kind of keep some Trinitarian language. So that was sort of mine that like, I always kind of come back to that. Like, does this, does this, Help me, like, read from the margins. Mm -hmm. Preference, um, sort of that preferential treatment for the poor. That, like, language has always been really helpful for me in terms of maintaining faith Mm -hmm. when I wanted to be like. I don't know if this might. I may be out. Um, So that that was my language for today. Mm -hmm. That that had it had to do with like love, liberating, and my involvement Mm -hmm. in like following in that Mm -hmm. way, which we see in Christ, the Christ, in Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and now meet in the Christ. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you want to finish? You want to talk about that one?
1: Uh, well, you, you use that language really quickly. Yeah. And I think people are moving towards that a bit. I think Richard Rohr's latest book is helping people have this idea of like how we use the language of Jesus and the Christ, yeah. but you just used it in like two quick sentences. And I thought, well, maybe just reminding people there's, why I think you do that. There's ways
0: that that's unhelpful. Yeah. Um, I think there are ways that people make, a hard distinction between Jesus and the Christ. Right. Right. So there's the Jesus who lived and was a human being and walked through the world. Mm-hmm. And then there is the the Christ that is incarnated in Jesus and now is still alive in the world. Mm-hmm. All of that is beautiful language. Yeah. But I think it can be taken too far where it separates this yeah. idea that the divine. So one of the core ideas of Christianity is that the divine is can actually take human form and incarnation, be there. We're incarnation, about. not um, possession. The Christ doesn't possess Jesus, who is this human being who lives in the world, and the Christ, you know, Jesus is so in touch with divine consciousness, the Christ Mm. takes up residence in Jesus, Mm. right? And then when Jesus dies, the Christ is now released in the world. That's a very common way to talk about this, and that is a way that I think actually diminishes the real importance of Christianity, that actually, no humanity can be um, at one with the divine in a really powerful way. And that Jesus can be a unique expression of that in human history. So I, I'm not going that far in my language. Like mm-hmm. I, don't want to, I don't want to say that Jesus was a good person. So good in fact, that the Christ took up residence in Jesus. Yeah. But that said, I do think it's important to understand that what we have in the scriptures, what we have in John in the prologue is this idea that there is a pre-existent Christ which John calls the Logos,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which as I mentioned John Sunday is a very complicated Greek word. It
1: really is. It yeah, has a lot of
0: history to it in the 500 years before it John really
1: writes. It really does.
0: And I, I mean, I breezed through Heraclitus. I know, I did
1: a little more reading. The Sophists, yeah.
0: uh, Aristotle and the Neoplatonists in about mm. 15 seconds there. We're
1: talking about piles of works of yeah. philosophy. But yeah,
0: you're, but you're build- when John is using that, it's building on all of that history and he's linking it specifically when John does the in the beginning was mm-hmm. the word and the word was with God. He's linking the concept of Logos to the concept of Sophia, which mm-hmm. in the Hebrew is the concept of Chokmah,
1: yeah, which
0: is the spirit of God that hovers over the waters at the beginning of creation. Like mm-hmm. that's what John is doing. He's making this whole leg. He's like, hey, I know you've heard this from the Neoplatonists. Mm-hmm. I know you've heard this through Heraclitus. I know you've heard this from Hebrew wisdom literature. Right. I know you've heard this in creation. Draw the thread through it all. Right from creation to your philosophers, to the, the birth of Jesus, hmm. draw a line through all that. Um, Jesus is not something new and unique at a temporal moment in the universe, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. yeah. Jesus is unique in human history, but that thing, that line has That's always been there. And the creative voice of God, the Logos of God, when God spoke and the world was created, like, mm-hmm. like that idea, that you take ideas and you put them into reality, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Heraclitus and, and the Neoplatonists are talking about with the Logos. It's not that words are magical, it's that a word is a way of taking an idea and making it real in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A word on its own doesn't, right. but a word gives you an idea and then you make something. Now, if you're God, a word on its own creates a universe, mm-hmm. right? But he's drawing this line to say all of that now comes and is embodied and is alive in Jesus in our world. Right. So all the force of everything, Here's what that looks like in a human body. Right. Here's what that looks like in the human story. And that's what we're seeing in Jesus. So the Jesus who lives with grace and peace, the Jesus who is completely nonviolent. That's what the creative urge of the universe looks like. Mm. So it's super important stuff. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the Logos. There's the Jesus Here's the human being that that is incarnate into and lives. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the Christ who is the Jesus after the resurrection. Right. And we're not saying that the resurrection is just some spiritual thing and now it's just in our hearts or anything like that. But we are saying that (laughs) in addition to an actual resurrection of Jesus in the world and ascension of Jesus. Like that's what Orthodox Christianity believes in all that. But it also believes in the idea that now the Christ is no longer limited by the incarnation or the kenosis which is what we call the emptying mm-hmm. so the christ has to empty itself to be present in jesus to be incarnated in jesus but now the christ is free to be the wisdom and the logos of the divine again in a, in that in that full way and now that christ is with us all the time so that's the christ that you know Brings the Spirit of God on Pentecost mm. and restores the corruption of Babel, and that's the Christ that forms the Church, and that's the Christ that calls, you know, prophets to speak today about injustice, and that's mm. the Christ that's with us when we pray. That's the Christ that comes and gathers with us Are when you two preaching? or three. Are you <laughs> preaching right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just it's like, like there's, a, yeah, yeah. there's an audience here <laughs> somebody's listening to me i'm not just talking to a camera i'm talking to the camera and a real person no, i get excited about it.
1: but i know you get excited about
0: yeah it. but you know i mean but, yeah. but that's the christ that's alive now right and that's the thing that i think becomes really important that we understand yes there's a historical jesus yeah. yes it's important to do our best to understand what that jesus meant in his time when he was speaking well, yeah, to specific situations i hear you But now there's the Christ that speaks to all situations and in all voices and in all places in new ways.
1: Right. So, what do we do with this sort of pastoral question of like, I don't feel close to what you're talking about. (laughs) No. I mean, I feel like that. You know, that's Mm -hmm. you know, I talk to God all the time, and I don't feel like the Christ is present to my pain, or you know, what I don't feel Mm it. What Or I don't resonate with, you know.
0: Here's what I would say. Yeah. Um, And it's not a good answer. (laughs) Certainly not going to answer it. But I think there are things. I don't want to discount depression. I want to discount mental Mm -hmm. illness, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say this as a general rule. But I mean this in the general sense, not in the specific sense. And if there's anybody who this doesn't make sense of your story, then I understand that. Uh, But generally... I think there are things that do light some kind of fire and excitement inside of us. Mm-hmm. And those things yeah. generally are connected to something that's good in the world. Yeah. And those things I believe are the expression of the Christ who is now right. present in all things, drawing the goodness and the excitement right. and the creative energy out of us. Right. So do I spend hours in prayer on my knees talking to Jesus? I don't, it's like, <gasps> it's just not. <laughs> This is not part of of how my spirituality manifests itself. People don't talk
1: about this enough. Yeah. So it's really hard to convey a bigger imagination. Mm -hmm. You know.
0: Do I pray? Of course I do. But I don't. I don't force myself into patterns that aren't life giving for me. Right. Right. But there are. When I get excited about studying, when I think about how does the story of uh, of of God all through history shape how I live my life mm-hmm. now, what I advocate for, yeah. what stories I get behind, yeah. what I can offer to the world, right. that excites me.
1: And this idea is ancient as well. Yes. I mean, I was just um, reminded of some of the work of Justin Martyr around, like in the what mm-hmm. one sixty five, who talked about um, like around logos and what was his language um i had a little quote i mean it's less fun to read it but but just like naming the fact that there's wisdom in what he called the pagan philosophical Mm. traditions and that it was partial but it was still connected to logos the
0: all truth is god's truth exactly
1: that it's that it's that refrain and that can really bring what you're so excited yeah. about to life for us mm-hmm. is when we start to see like, oh my gosh, like I just love this novel so much. It yeah. spoke to like something so deep yeah. in me. I fell into the story. Like, am I meeting something of the word right. in the in this imaginative mm-hmm. story? I do believe I am. It brought life to me. You yeah. know, it's it's this enlarged imagination for where we encounter the Christ.
0: Is, so um, a story that ignites your imagination. Yeah. draws you in to want to be a better version of yourself that creates more beauty and more goodness in the world Yeah, to
1: see like a a greater experience of our humanity
0: is that more or less divine right more or less necessary than the fact that i get excited about studying how we track the development of the word logos from Heraclitus to to the sophist right because as
1: much as i enjoy it neither of them are necessary and neither of them are (laughs) necessary for faith right exactly exactly yeah
0: so christianity is built on this idea of a childlike trust in Jesus. Right. Do you need to understand anything about Greek philosophy to get there? No, no. don't. Yeah. That gets me going, gets me excited, right. gets me motivated to help change the world and, and, get, and put my energy behind good causes. Yeah. If that's not your thing, it doesn't yeah. matter. There is something. Right. And sometimes you need to search for it for a long time. Yes,
1: but that's the work of it. Exactly.
0: Um, and and, there is and something what's so
1: rewarding about yeah,
0: it. Yeah. That when you find it, you want to give yourself to it. And yeah. You want to invest in it. And, and sometimes we, you get we the
1: so often separated that excitement from yes. like our Christian experience, mm-hmm. our Christian faith, and I think this is the beautiful thing yeah. about your language of the Christ is, is like like really being um, attentive mm-hmm. to these places of life that are really close to us already. They're not they're not so far away, mm-hmm. and we have this experience of feeling this distance from Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I think we're encountering the Christ.
0: All the time, and, and if we did i am I'm gonna job, get on
1: my bike. I mean, sitting here yeah. with you is fun, and that is a part of like, sure. w- uh, that's been part of like getting me through <laughs> the pandemic was like coming over here on Tuesdays and hanging out with you and laughing and yeah. like talking with our 15 friends <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Like it's it's been life giving. Maybe it's been prayerful, yeah. even you know. I I think that has been something of encounter uh, in that for me in this time.
0: And um, I think if the church did a better job. Of celebrating those moments of joy and creativity in people's life. I think people would not come back as often with that, but I don't feel God. Yeah. Maybe you are. Maybe you just yeah. haven't been allowed exactly. to name this thing as God yeah. in your life. Yeah. And maybe you just haven't been allowed to give yourself the space to recognize right. that the joy that you're feeling here in this moment yeah. You know, is, is God. Is. Some of us get the privilege of doing the thing that really excites us for a job. Exactly. Not everyone does. and And I recognize that. But mm. when you get to when you get to put some of that joy into the thing that you do, I think mm-hmm. there's a real, a real right. blessing. So well, let's We've, p- we went way over time tonight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's so. about 10 minutes. Like I'm that sorry. Much.
0: Uh, actually you're, she was asking about some resources in terms of reading and I do have some things. Um, and I will try to maybe post in the comments on Sunday. I'll pull some out. One I would recommend though, is the Bible for normal people as a podcast by Pete Enns. Um, you, I mean, It's a lot of bad dad jokes. I stuff. know, I honestly like, find
1: their voices you know, annoying.
0: But he's gonna cover <laughs> a lot of the types of things and he does with a, a good yeah. amount of depth, which I really appreciate.
1: Right, yeah. They have
0: good, they have yeah. good people on the podcast, like yeah. smart people and diverse voices.
1: Their conversation with AJ yeah. Levine was really good. Yeah.
0: So that's one podcast I would check out is the Bible for Normal People right. with P DENs. But on um, this
1: note, like what podcasts do you like? <laughs> like, do um, you know, like there there's something about I don't actually listen to as many like sort of faith-based mm-hmm. um podcasts as maybe people might think i do no, because no. i find so many encounters i was just telling yeah. you about my love of um this podcast good one about comedy and the conversation with judd apatow and it brought me life today mm-hmm. and i think yeah and i'm like, not
0: i'm not saying people should yeah. somebody's asking about specifically Specific. resources okay. around mm-hmm. those conversations i didn't even read about, the question yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah absolutely hey if whatever uh, whatever brings you joy watch that podcast. Right. okay we've we've gone way over time so
1: yeah. What are you grateful
0: for? Um, this week, I'm grateful for some positive movement in Alberta around public health right now. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm grateful for profoundly wise wisdom from Dr. Hinshaw and the way that she has been calm yeah. and steady yeah. um, and very reassuring. But I'm also glad to see that um, there, there's movement. Like mm. we're not just in this holding pattern forever, that, that they're looking at the data and they're making movements. And mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that we're going to keep moving for it. Who knows? We could have a setback, but um, I've, I was that was uh, that was I was quite grateful for that. Yeah, today. that's
1: great. I'm grateful for an imaginative just an imaginative space of um, preparing for a new home. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited definitely. about that. I mean, it's hard to wait, but it is <laughs> two more days. months. Yeah. Well, not, not, no one and a half that's now. Yeah, there. exactly. Actually, one month, twelve days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we went way too long, but uh, we apologize. But it was, it was a fun one tonight. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. See you guys.